If you're ready, Cassie, you can take it away. Thanks. Hallelujah. So I just want to link up with the, um, with the word of, of, um, of a voice and of songs that the Lord were giving. I just felt in the worship that, um, that we need to increase our singing behind closed doors. And I want to encourage you, if, if there's been this lie that the enemy has been keeping you, that when you sing, it's, like, it's, it's maybe a joyful noise, but it doesn't bless your neighbor. I want to encourage you that there might be some truth. There might be some truth to it. It's, not, it's, it's probably a twisted truth. There might be some truth to it, but I believe that the Lord is saying, behind the closed doors, do not hold back. Okay? Behind the closed doors, there is no excuse for a bad voice or an inability to hold a tune. You switch on the worship and you sing at the top of your voice. And I want to encourage us towards that. I really believe it needs to be. And you know what? That, that there's none of us who has not missed the note at least at some times. In English, you were singing false, all right? None of us. But it's usually somebody who keeps pressing past the falseness as you get a little bit better at what you're doing. Now, I know you come with one talent or two talents or five talents, and some things are more natural than others. But the point is, are we a singing congregation before the Lord? And it starts with a desire. I want to encourage us. If the enemy has kept you silent and told you you cannot worship the Lord with your voice, annihilate that thing, right? Break it down. It's not the will of the Lord for you. It's a lie of the devil, deceitfully packaged as he does. Amen. So Lord Jesus, we just want to come and say you are beautiful in all of your ways, and we want to sing your praise all the days of our lives. We want to sing and sing and sing and sing and sing. And I pray, Lord, that wherever there has been something which just started, a desire that just started to germinate in somebody's heart, just started to come like, I also want to sing, to, I also want to praise him with, with my voice or so. And then somehow the, the ugly one squashed it. Lord, I pray that that will be revived even right now. We thank you that you will do it. And we believe, Lord, that both together and by ourselves, there will be a sound that goes up a thousand hallelujahs. For your goodness and your mercy that never fail. We bless your name, Jesus. Praise the Lord. I, I, I really um, enjoy the, the togetherness of the saints this morning. Um, I, I definitely had a fair amount of interruptions as John, our son, was doing all kinds of things that were not necessarily helpful for the worship. Not helpful for me, not helpful for his mom, not helpful for his uh, small neighbors, etc., etc. All right, so, so it was a fairly interrupted trying to press in Scrum together, and, 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 it's, and it's running around, you know. And in that, I so appreciate it, Emma and the guys, just pressing through, pressing through, pressing through, whatsoever. Um, Vera, you were binding together. Maybe your time will come when you will run after the little one. But for now, you were binding it together with a dance. And I just feel that there were others of us. It's like, because we are together, when the one is running, the other one can still press. And it's beautiful, it's good. And that is what we're supposed to be doing, all right? That is the beauty of family, of congregation, of togetherness. Everybody bringing their share. And the one is praying something which the other is not seeing. And the next guy is Leon, just beating the drums. 
um, and, and stirring everybody, looking at him and thinking, how can he do that while he's so small? And, and I also want to do something, and et cetera, et cetera. Everybody, Sonica with Luya, just saying, and you think like, yes, why not? And everybody bringing something. It's the beauty of the Lord, and we should celebrate it. It's really revealing something about the Father and about His heart for family and His heart to reveal Himself. So this morning, um, I, I would call the preach, Who Are You, Lord? Okay, I hope you're making notes. I hope you're making notes. Did you hear that? <laughs> As a skump, what? Um, <laughs> this is the moment where you suddenly take out everything. All right. The, the preacher's name is, Who Are You, Lord? Or something else that I would, would mention is the following. The necessity of seeing God. We have to know or see the Lord. Now, in Acts, there's a verse, or there's a portion of Scripture, where Paul of Tarsus, or Saul of Tarsus, is traveling, loving the Lord with all his heart, and murdering out all the enemies of the Lord. Or so he was thinking. And so he's going for this with all his heart, like, like just topping it in zeal, topping it in his desire for bringing the kingdom of God on earth. And as he's traveling, um, uh, most or all of us know the story. There's a bright light arresting him and an encounter, which I want to launch off from. And here goes, Acts 9 verse 3. As he went on his way, Suddenly, a light from heaven shone around him. A light from heaven. Say with me, a light from heaven. This is what we are trusting for this morning. A light from heaven. Okay, we are trusting. We are in pursuit of a light from heaven. Falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Like, you want to bless me, but you're actually making the situation worse. You want to you fight for me, but you, you're just destroying my image. Isn't that where we find ourselves at times? We like want to do good for God and for His kingdom, but actually... So the question comes, and He says, Who are you, Lord? I want us to stop right there. I believe that there's a revelation awaiting every one of us that will change the way that we want to serve the kingdom of God and promote righteousness. There's a revelation which the Lord wants us to cry out for. There's something where He wants to get us to a place of asking, Who are you, Lord? I thought this is how you were, but, but who are you? The whole, the whole dilemma with Jesus um, coming to earth was one where the, the, a, a whole nation had an image of God how God was and who He was and how He would be doing, what His next move would be. And most of them got it wrong. Nearly all of them had to recalibrate. Can I just say, there is a chance that many of us get it wrong as to how we should promote the kingdom of God, how we should work with Him. And, it's, and it's, uh, the, the, the necessary change is caught up in who are you, Lord, in a revelation of who God is. So Jesus, at some stage, he's processing his disciples, he, and he's processing. Jesus is processing everybody from the beginning. He's just helping them transition, helping them to a revelation. And so he's asking them one of the most fundamental questions that we will ever face. This is the, these are the words. Jesus asks his disciples in, in, in Matthew 16, 13, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Who do people say that the Son of Man is? 
And if we think the devil is crafty in bringing people through to, to some revelation that he wants to, there is one who is more skilled. There is one who is more able. And he starts, hey guys, just in general, who do people say that I am? And people were grappling. They were grappling with all kinds of things. And can we just say, of those suggestions that the disciples brought, not one of them got it right. Did you see that the people didn't have a clue who the Son of Man was? He came to his own, but his own couldn't recognize him. It's a fundamental dilemma. And then Jesus goes and he brings it more personal. Many of us know the scripture and he says, but who do you say that I am? Can you hear the echo? Can you hear that, that very thing that we need to come, come to? Not only was it something which a persecutor of the Lord Jesus in his zeal had to come to, but it is something where the Lord himself is leading us to. Who do you, this morning, the, I think it's something like the 29th of January, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Not, what does your mom say about me? What does your dad, your brother, your, who do you say that I am? This, doesn't, this has nothing to do with your husband or your wife. This is about, who do you say that I am? And so, Peter comes up with something where the Lord exclaims, uh, 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 a most wondrous exclamation. He says, blessed are you, Simon. Blessed are you. And he goes on and he, and he says the very famous, you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church. He says, you are Petros, little rock. And on this big rock, I will build my church. And the question is, what is the big rock? Was the church really built on Peter? You know, the, 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 the nice thing about the Word of God is the following. The, it, it doesn't just have one angle of truth to it. It can be true and have another truth and have another and a bigger truth. All in one. The one truth doesn't make the other truth less true, untrue. It doesn't clash. And so, yes, there was a little rock called Peter, and God did use him to build his church. Amidst all his mistakes, God used him, and there's much hope for us in that. But there's a bigger rock that I want to point us to, and it has to do about a revelation. And, and, and Jesus says to Peter, you know what? Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. There was a divine revelation. God revealed God, and therefore you were able to exclaim you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And I believe that one of the things that God is speaking about, not only a revelation that He will build His church upon, or a revelation of Christ that He will build His church upon, but a revelation that comes from God, God revealing God, is the key for the advance of the church. All right? Are you still with me? God needs to reveal God. So... I'm going to give it some other words. Jesus at some stage says, no one can come to me who can com com complete the verse for me. No one can come to me, but the Father draws him. All right. No one can come to me except if the Father draws him. He says, it's impossible for you to come to Jesus. And can I just say, in an era where we say, make space for the Lord, trusting for the salvations, where's Sonica? Um, around the corner. And... and um, and, 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 and all of that, 
Can we just settle it that unless the Father draws somebody to Jesus, it is impossible. Impossible for us to bring them, impossible for them to come. It is impossible. We cannot do it. It's a fundamental part in which we, a truth that we need to find ourselves in before we get the breakthrough. We cannot bring people to Jesus. The Father needs to draw them. Point number one. All right, what is the, the opposite? I wanted to use a big word now, but I don't know it that well, so I'm just going to leave it. <laughs> right. Um, so Jesus says the opposite. He says, no one can come to the Father but by? But how? No one can come to the Father but by? Me. So Jesus says, no one can come to me but the Father draws him. No one can come to the Father but he comes through me. Unless God unlocks God, no one finds God. And it's something that he wants to build his church upon. Right? So who do you say that I am is a very, very important thing. Just hold that thought. Um, one of the things, I'm going to give you the punchline for the preach now. One of the things, or I think the other thing which I felt the Lord speak to me, for me personally for this year, and the thing which I felt that I had to preach about this morning is the following. We should be praying, our Father who is in heaven, Hallowed be your name. All right? That's it. That, that word hallowed is not used in any other part of our vocabulary as far as I know. So most of us, if you ask, if you, if you ask your, your, your friend, what does hallowed mean? Would say, I don't know. Where do you get it from, you know? Or, or maybe they know the Lord's Prayer because in, in their Sunday school they were still praying it. Or their school, maybe, maybe in their parents' house. And then they say, oh yes, that's from the Lord's Prayer, but... I don't really know what it, what it means, you know? Hallowed. Um, so that, the, the, the Greek word there is hagiatsu. Um, and hagiatsu means basically to sanctify, to set apart, to make it holy. Now, God's name in itself is holy. We don't need to make it holy as such. But what needs to happen is that the way that we see it is the same that it is. Do you understand what I'm saying? So one of the things that God had against His people, against Israel, was you are taking my name because I'm connected to you, and you are dragging it through the mud. And then when people look at you, they say, I don't want anything to do with your God because look how you live. Where did you hear that language before? About the church, eh? Is, yeah, I think there is a God, but His church, I want nothing to, ha I want nothing to do with it. So one of the, the, the dilemmas of the day, those days and this day, is that the name of God is dragged through the mud so horribly that no one can recognize God for who He really is. It is so distorted. It is so marred. It is so destroyed. It's that no one can see God just by looking at our lives to some extent, by looking at the world. It's a big, it's a big problem. And so Father says, this is how you should be praying. Our Father, we pray for a restoration and a sanctification of the greatness of the name of God. That is the punchline for the preach this morning. We should pray, hallowed be your name, whether we understand it or not. Okay, that's the punchline. Hold on to the punchline. I'm going to try and color it in now. 
All right. Are you still with me? Thank you for that. John has got a little story. Uh, he's got lots of little stories. But I'm going to quote one of John's stories. Um, he's got a story of a, of a, what's a trapsikis in English? Chameleon. Chameleon. As groot reason, eh? Chameleon. Equering. Squirrel. And uh, mole. They are friends. Chameleon, squirrel, mole. And so, so it's a very skilled writer that tells a story. And one of the things which helps a lot for the kids is if you bring repetition in. So one of the things that constantly plays out is the chameleon sitting in the tree, the squirrel being up and down in the tree. They see the world happening. So they see a strange thing. They experience something, a strange animal walks beneath it beneath the tree, or something flies, or they, they've got all kinds of things happening to them, obviously, to make the story interesting, to make it a story. And then the mole would come, and the mole says, what happened? And then they would explain. And then the mole would say, oh, yes, I see. But the mole actually doesn't see anything. <laughs> and that would be the story. So the mole would go on and ask, what happened? They will explain. He will say, oh, yes, I see him. But the mole actually doesn't see anything. So can I just say, we are actually not seeing anything. And we constantly need to say, what is happening? Who are you, Lord? And we need something to break through into our reality to lift the way we live. The necessity of seeing God. Why should we pray God, hallowed be your name. Let us see you for who you are. Let the world see you for who you are. Why should we actually take up this, which I'm saying? Why could it be that I heard the Lord and that it is the word for us? What is the context of this church? Fritz started off the year and he said, we need to seek the Lord with all our heart. We need to, as first priority, seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness. We need to make up our minds that this year we're going to seek the Lord. Now, it's not a new word, it's, but it's a revisiting of a fundamental thing. Every one of us need to make up our minds, I'm going to seek the Lord first. First in time, first in rank, first in influence. It's going to be my utter priority in seeking the Lord first, His kingdom first. And then Ruan came and he said, I believe that the Lord has made space for us and we need to make space for him. What is the space we need to make for him? God, I place you first in my life. I make space for you to govern my every decision. Where's Sean? Ah, uh, Sean. All right. I, I, want to, I want to arrange my life around what you are doing. I want to make space. And in this, this is the context in which I say, I believe the Lord is saying, we should pray, hallowed be your name. Whether we understand it or not. Laat die naam geheilig word. Okay? Laat die naam geheilig word. Maar jyre, ek weet nie wat dit beteken nie. Maak die saakie, bid it. Okay? Don't reason about it. Do it. So the first point that I say, why should we be praying that God will be revealed in our midst is this. Because God said it and God wants to do it. The first thing that we need to say is, is for some reason, God wants to do something but he doesn't just do it. Have you, have you thought about this? Is it not the weirdest thing that the God of the heaven and the earth will do something, but he asks for us to ask him to do something? Don't you think it's weird? Why would he do that? 
Maybe it has something to do with our sphere of authority, that which has been given to us. Maybe he says, listen here, this is your household. Earth is your domain. I've given it to you. Sure, you've squandered it. But I want to be invited into your reality, into your room. Are you going to make room for me by asking me? Okay? It's weird, but that's the way it is. Strange, but that's the way it is. For God to step into the kingdoms of men. He rules the kingdoms of men. But for Him to step in, usually, if not always, requires a man or a woman to ask Him to do it. And the question is, will we be those who, small as we might be, open the door for the king and say, please, after you, Lord. Hallowed be your name. Can we just say, we cannot declare the name of God worthy as it is. We cannot. We'll fall miserably short. But for the Spirit of God coming in and the power of Christ to be demonstrated and people coming in and having some encounter of the living God, we need to say, Lord, we cannot do this, but we ask, hallowed be your name. All right, God said so, and He wants to do it. The second reason why we should be asking this is a reason which I'm going to take from Numbers 22. Who has read Numbers lately? You know where it is. Lekker. No much. <laughs> Guys, I just want to encourage us. We need to read our Bibles, eh? We need to read them, cover to cover. Um, tried to bring in something else, but I can't think of something. So we're picking up from Numbers, um, chapter 22 and verse 31. So here's the context. There's a prophet called Balaam. Who has heard of the prophet Balaam? Yeah, hey, we've got, we've got 15, 20 guys. So this is a prophet. It seems like he's hearing the Lord, at least at times. And he's called to curse the people of God. So you've got this sort of paradox. But he's a guy who's quite powerful in the spiritual realm. He gets paid. This is a, what's a usual dot? Mercenary. Yeah, a sniper that's hired. And, and, and the enemies of Israel are seeing his trouble brewing. We need to have more than natural resources we need to bring in the spiritual. And we're going to rent a guy, we're going to hire a guy to come and fire some serious curses which they will not be able to escape. So initially he says, the Lord has not released me, I will not go with, me, with you. And later he does go. But we find an angel standing in the road. His donkey sees it, but the prophet doesn't. Okay? Can you hear the similarity? The prophet is not seeing. And the donkey sees, and the donkey sees, and because the donkey sees the angel of the Lord that has come to execute his master, he stops, he doesn't go, and by implication, he saves. He saves his master's life. This is where the story picks up. Then the Lord opened Balaam's, opened the eyes of Balaam. He saw the angel of the Lord, and he bowed down and fell on his face. Verse 34. And Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, so there's this whole thing where he said, I didn't know, I didn't know, I'm sorry. And then uh, Balaam goes to I have sinned, for I did not know that you stood in the road against me. When you read the passage, it seems like the Lord allows him to go, and then the Lord comes to kill him, and it's just like, how does this work? The point is, there was something in him where he didn't know God rightly, and it nearly cost him his life. I didn't know. Now, that thing 
is the same which we started off in Acts 9, all right? Paul comes and he does certain actions. He's persecuting the people of God until there's an encounter of the Lord. And then he says, I didn't know it was you. I didn't understand. And so the point that I'm making here, it's the second point of why we need to ask, is for repentance to come. For people to repent, they have to have an encounter with God. Nathaniel, disciple of Jesus, when he came to Jesus, he was tough as nails. So who's this coming from the backward place in Israel? There's no prophet coming from there. You can just read the scriptures, okay? But there was an encounter where he says, you are the Christ. Oh, what, what, what did he say? Yeah, 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 about that. But he said something about you are the, you are, I think, he said something about the Messiah, he said something. There was, there was a revelation that came to Nathaniel as Jesus gave him the prophetic word. Um, but there's that encounter which our neighbors need, right? The people I'm trusting for. I need to pray for them. Father, hallowed be your name in their lives. Why? That which they didn't know can change their lives forever. If they have one encounter, it can stop them in their tracks Bring them to a place of, God, I thought you were different, but now I have seen. Point number one, we need to pray, hallowed be your name, because God says so and God wants to do it. Point number two, because repentance flows when there is a revelation. The third um, 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 reason that I want to bring in is a reason we find in 1 John. 1 John is written by the beloved disciple John. I think everybody else is dead by this stage. And he's writing, and he's writing about the encounters that they had with the eternal one. We were singing about the ancient of days. They were seeing the ancient of days. They were touching the ancient of days. They were listening to the ancient of days. And they say, I want to write you a letter about that time. And he says in verse 3, he says, what we have seen and heard, I want to tell you so that you may have fellowship. I want to share what we have seen. And when you share in what we have seen, if you can share in the revelation, you will share in the fellowship. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son. So the third reason, point number one, God said it and He wants to do it. Point number two, repentance flows when people see God. Point number three, it brings us into fellowship. Seeing God is an opportunity for fellowship. I'm not speaking about looking at a distance. I'm speaking about an encounter. We need an encounter. Do you know that Jacob was turned from a deceiver into a patriarch with an encounter from God? It changes the way you walk. It changes the way you relate. What's interesting for me is after Jacob had an encounter with the Lord and his name got changed, he built an altar and he called the, 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 the altar. He said, God, the God of Israel. Suddenly he says, do you want to know God? Look at my life. This is who God is. It's the God of Israel. And I thought, man, can I say that? Of my life. Do you want to know God? Look at the God of Cassie. That's who he is. And I'm not quite convinced that that will be a good representation of God. So I need to pray for 2022. God, hallowed be your name in Cassie's life to such an extent that when they look at Cassie's God, they see you in truth. And the call is for every one of us. Put your name in there. 
God, the God of Sulis, God, the God of Fritz, God, the God of Davi, God, the God of Robert, God, the God of whoever. That is who he is. Not fractured, distorted, marred beyond recognition. Do you know that Jesus' face was marred beyond recognition? Isaiah 53. That means they beat him to such an extent that you couldn't recognize him anymore. He was not recognizable by those who knew him. That's the way he was beaten. That's not, that's not mild. That's major beating. And do you know why he had to be beaten that, with that severity? It's because he had to restore what was destroyed. The punishment for, for taking the image of God to such an extent that you cannot recognize it anymore is that your image needs to be taken to a place where it's unrecognizable. And that is what will happen. You know, I believe people in hell will be unrecognizable by the torment that they go through. You will not be able to recognize. And no one who does not bow the knee to Jesus will escape that. The only way is that you take that which he has done and you receive it for yourself. It's the only way out. That is the good message, the most important message the earth has ever heard. And somehow it needs to get through our lips. Somehow it needs to get through these lives. Somehow it, uh, the spirit of the living God needs to come upon these frail vessels and get that message out in this year. You know, there might be some people that we meet in this year. You will never meet them again and they will not survive the year. They will not see 2023. It's not a far-stretched example. I was listening in the week to a, to a, to a, um, to a story about an earthquake. Uh, uh, I, think, I can't remember. I think Uriah Post or Yeska or somebody. Um, it's, it's irrelevant. It's a story of an earthquake in Armenia. And the bottom line of the story is there was this earthquake, and within seconds, there was something like 25,000 people that died. 25,000 people who didn't expect to be dead. Children. People who seem to have their lives in front of him. The reality is, we don't know about tomorrow, and neither do our neighbors. And somehow we need to bridge this thing that holds us back, the, the, the sly lie that says we cannot tell the best news ever in a way that people can receive. We somehow need to break this thing. All right. Whew, how are we going to get back? So let me, let me do a summary to where we are. <laughs> let, me, let me take it from there. The reason why we need to pray, hallowed be your name, O God, is point number one. God said that he wants to do it. Point number two, um, because repentance flows from a revelation. Point number three, fellowship is available out of a revelation. Point number four is we receive everything for life and godliness through the full, intimate revelational knowledge of God. Everything for life and godliness comes through that revelation of seeing God. Somehow faith rises. Somehow grace rises. Somehow everything that we need is locked up in a revelation. It seems strange, but this is what the Bible says. Let's turn to 2 Peter 1 and verse 2 is where we start off. I'm reading in the Amplified. Did we get there? Okay, we're reading in the ESV. May grace and peace be multiplied to you 
in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Okay. Can you see that the amount of grace that we have and the amount of peace that we walk in is able to be more? Ons kan meer hee. Meer genade, meer vrede. Where we are at is not the limit. It says you can multiply grace. You can multiply peace. How does it come? Ja, ek weet jy allemaal weet, maar ek gaan dit nou maar net lees. Alright. Um, we multiply to you in the knowledge of God. His divine power is granted to us all things pertaining to life and godliness through that knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence. So, so not only um, grace multiplied, peace multiplied, but everything for life and godliness comes through a revelation. If we can see God for who He is, we can live the lives He has called us to be. There's a scripture that says, and I can't quote it now because I didn't look it up before the time, but it says, when Jesus is revealed, we don't know how, he's gonna, how we're going to look like. All right? There's a component of the unknown. We don't know how a glorified body is going to look like. But he says there's one thing that we know. We know that we're going to be just like him because we will see him as he is. Seeing God for who he is has got an inherent uh, um, impartation grace. It's got an inherent impartation power. It's got an inherent power to change. If we can know God for who he is, we can be who we were made to be, image bearers. Right. So point number four is we receive everything pertaining to life and godliness. Point number five is we can be witnesses. And I'm finishing with this. Um, I, I would refer, I mean, I mean, a witness. What is a witness to start off with? How, what, what do you, how do you get qualified to witness? So here's, here's some a guy that drove over the, the, the red traffic light, okay? You are called to witness. What will qualify you to witness that he has done something wrong? Okay? So if you heard about it, does it qualify you? Yeah. You can be the least qualified person, but if you've seen it, you're qualified. You can be uneducated, unskilled, you can be the beggar on the corner, you're just begging, you don't know how to read or write, but you can say, ek het om gesien, meneer. And you're a witness. Ah, we've got somebody who's an eyewitness. A witness needs to see. And before we can witness, we need an encounter. So point number one, why do we need to pray for the name of God to be hallowed in our midst? In 2022, God says that he wants to do it. Point number two. Uh, now I need to remind. Please remind me, what is point number two? Uh, we need repentance. Okay, repentance comes when we, when we see uh, a God. So God says that he wants to do it. Repentance comes. Third thing is fellowship. We get an opportunity to fellowship with God. Out of seeing who he is, suddenly we realign ourselves. We make ourselves ready to wash our faces, and we're ready for fellowship. I mean, like, proverbially wash our faces. Fourth thing, we receive everything to live this life when we see Him. Fifth thing, we get power to witness. Sure, the Holy Spirit needs to come upon us, but there has got to be an encounter so that along with the Apostle John, we can write what we have seen and heard 
we declare to you. I'm preaching this morning because at least I've heard a whisper. I have encountered something. Sean brought a word, a fresh word on tithe and offering this morning. Why? Because he's experienced something. And then everybody of us nibbling at we think, hey, that's a nice fresh angle. Why? Because he's seen and heard something and there's life in it. And for us, we have to taste and see on a daily basis and pray for people around us. So what should we be doing? In the context of this message, what, what, is, it, what is in front of us? Just basically one thing, but I'm going to break it into three. Number one, we need to ask. We need to be praying, Father, hallowed be your name. And I think if you forget everything that I said, just remember this. This year, I need to pray, Father, our Father, my Father in heaven, the God who chose to have me, who is my, who is my origin by choice, be revealed for who you are. Hallowed be your name. Let your name be sanctified and set apart and be revealed for the glorious God that you are in my life and through my life. I need to pray this. I need to pray, our Father, hallowed be your name. We need to ask it. Whether we think it's weird, we need to ask it. Whether we understand or not, we need to ask it. Whether we've asked it before and think, yeah, but I have asked it. Just keep on asking. The Bible says, one time asking is not the end of your asking. All right? Ask and keep on asking, and we'll be given to you. Knock and keep on knocking. Trust for that guy. You've been praying, and I know that some of you have been praying for people to be saved 25 years plus. And you think, what's the chance? I'm telling you, one encounter, one light that shines from heaven, that person will never be the same again. They are resisting God probably because they haven't seen Him properly. Probably. Some people just will never. But give them the best chance. Ask for a revelation. I think the, the, the second thing that we should, should be doing is, is one, we should just be asking. But I want us to hear something. In, in, in the instruction. You know, God, God says, pray this. And if you look at it like level-headed, just cold for the facts, it's just an instruction. It's like, go wash your hands, you know? Pick up the, put out the dustbin. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's just an instruction. But I, I want us to hear something this morning. Just beneath the instruction, there is a God who wants to be revealed. Who wants to reveal himself. And I want us to take up that, that revelation, that armor, in the way that we pray. So when we are praying, God, I trust you. I'm asking you that your name will be hallowed. Add this. Because you want to. God wants to. He's not telling us to do anything that he doesn't want to be doing. He's not, he's not there like, I don't really want to, but ugh, if you really like, pull on my skirt or whatever clothing God has, He's not there. He is so desirous to reveal Himself. And there's sin and all kinds of stuff that keep the, keep the image away. But the, but, the, but the call is for us with persuasion with conviction to say, God, we are totally persuaded that you want to reveal yourself in Josh Jane Paul. You want to reveal yourself in us. You want to reveal yourself through us. 
You want to lift us where we are disgraced on the earth and people laugh at us and mock us and say, oh, it's so pathetic what you're doing. And you want to lift us to a place where, where everybody is, is grabbing hold of us and say, we want to go with you because we have heard that God is with you. Do you know that there's an unanswered prophecy in, I think it's the book of Zech- Zechariah, if I remember correctly, where God says, in the latter days, now listen here, this is where we're at, so it's for us now. He says, in these days, this is what will happen. Ten people will grab hold of you, and what will they say? I want to go with you. Why? Because I've heard that God is with you. That is what God wants to do. It is prophesied. Who of us is going to pray at Him? God wants to do it. He wants to do it. God wants to reveal Himself. So number one, we need to pray just because He says it. But number two is we need to pray with, Lord, we persuade that you want to reveal yourself. And then the third thing, I just want to encourage us, we should to look. Look in your brother and in your sister and look in your quiet times and look around you because God is going to reveal himself probably in a way that you don't expect. Probably in an area where you haven't seen him before, else it would just be same old, same old, isn't it? He wants to show something where you haven't seen him before. Look, let's, let's open our eyes. Hallowed be your name. So I, I want to put out an altar call. I want to I say, let's respond this morning. And I want to make it very simple. Number one, if you have never had an opportunity of formally saying to the Most High God, the creator of the heavens and of the earth, Lord, here is my life. I want you to reveal yourself through me. And you've never done that. You've never, you've never availed yourself. You've never recognized that he's actually calling you by your name. And this morning... Somehow you're thinking like, that is for me. This just makes so much sense. There's a reason why I'm on earth. If that is you, I want you to raise your hand and say, pray for me. Secondly, if you've given your life before, but rather than the things of this world becoming strangely dim, In the light of His glory and grace, His glory and grace have become strangely dim in the light of your world. And that that call of God is not so clear anymore. And you are not living for that glory and that grace anymore. Somehow you want to say, Lord, there was a time when I was calling for your glory more. There was a time when my prayers had more fire to it. There was a time when my devotion had more depth, when my time in the Word was just so much richer and deeper, and I want that back. Lord, here am I again. You want to rededicate. You want to, you want to say, Lord, here's my life again. If that's you, just raise your hand and say, just pray with me. That's me. And thirdly, you have been called into the fellowship. And you are convinced that God has called me. But you want to give your life. And say, Lord, I give my life for your life to be revealed. And if that is you, I want you to stand. You know that you've been given. You have given. But you say, Lord, today I stand for you to be revealed in this frail life of mine. Short-lived. Passing. But I'm standing for this, that you will be revealed. And so this is, this is between you and the Lord. Let's just raise our hands if you want to. My suggestion would be just open your hands and 
Just reach out to God like a child reaching out to the Father. That's the way the kingdom is received. And so, Father, with, with, with eyes closed, with hearts open, with hands lifted, we are just coming and we're saying we are yours, Father. And for some reason, you want to reveal yourself in these lives and through these lives, but we believe you. And we say we believe that you are able. And so we pray, God, hallowed be your name. Our Father. Let's pray together. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let your kingdom come and let your will be done here in Paul as it is in heaven for the glory of your name. Amen. Thank you, Cassie. Uh, you may be seated. <laughs> One thing is for sure, when, uh, when Cassie preaches, you know he's going to give it his all. So yeah, I, think, I think Cassie, if there was ever an opportunity where I took, you know, the two captains and we have to pick sides, no matter what the sport or whatever we're doing, I'm picking you first because I know you're going to give it your all, Cassie. Yeah, I really pray um, God bless you in this week. May you hold on to what God has revealed to us this morning and uh, may it be fruitful and multiply in this week as we give it our all this week for Him, for His glory. Amen? Amen. Bless you guys.